<clears throat> yeah, so um, last, last fortnight I was talking about uh, seeing the Zen path as a path of integration, integration of the personality, and uh, introduced the, um, the theory of the personality as uh, having different uh, eyes or different parts or different self-states. Um, each one of which might uh, occupy the, the center stage of our consciousness at different times during the day. And um, so uh, today's talk is going to be on um, a self state that some of you may be familiar with, but many people are, um, which uh, is called depression. And um, I'm going to be relating to depression to the, the first precept. So the first precept is normally translated in its uh, prohibition form as not killing, right? and, it, and in its aspirational form as supporting or nurturing all life. And um, in our own particular version of the precepts, um, the wording that we have for the first one is Witnessing the reality of killing and of violence in myself and in the world, I take up the way of supporting life. So in the way we word the precepts, we are always uh, bringing our awareness to the world as well as to what's happening within ourselves. And uh, as in uh, Diana Rosetto's book, uh, Working Up to What We Do, it's nice to see the precepts not as rules that we have to follow or, or but more kind of like uh, beacons or reminders to, um, to wake up to what's happening at this particular moment in terms of what, if we're suffering in some way. And they're kind of nice um, sort of um, reminders to, um, to take up in our daily life. And uh, as is the tradition in Ordinary Mind Zen, um, we take a fairly psychologically minded approach to Zen practice. So, uh, so rather than the traditional focus of not killing others or not killing other beings, uh, I thought it'd be nice to sort of contemplate how depression is a form of killing of the self. And um, either literally as in suicide, uh, which is um, one of the uh, suicidality is one of the symptoms of depression, uh, but also metaphorically in the way in which uh, a depressed a depressed mind state or a depressed self state um, actually uh, closes down our ability to enjoy life, and. Um, and uh, it becomes so painful that uh, it can lead to um, the killing of the self, especially when we lose all hope of change. And uh, so it also takes a form of psychological escape or avoidance. Uh, so sometimes the pain of the depression is so intense that people will resort to various forms of avoiding that emotional pain whether it be prescription medication or other forms of drug or alcohol or behaviours such as gambling or whatever it might be. Uh, eating, overeating. <clears throat> so, um, 
I was looking, I was reading the, uh, the Guardian Weekly yesterday, um, and uh, there was an article in the Guardian Weekly which just gives, a, gives us an example of, uh, of how widespread depression is these days. Um, so it was talking about in 2015, there were 61 million national health prescriptions for antidepressants in England. Um, you have to take into account that the population of England is 65 million. So that was double what it was 10 years ago. So there are a lot of unhappy people in England. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure what the stats are for Australia. Um, but um, the uh, depression is characterised in the, the, the uh, psychiatry manual as uh, the two main um, symptoms of depression are having a depressed mood and that that's got to be nearly every, nearly every day uh, for, and for most of the day for over a two-week period. Or the other one is just a, a really markedly diminished interest in, 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 um, in pleasure or activities that we used to find pleasurable. And that again is most of the day, nearly every day for a couple of weeks. Um, the other sort of symptoms of depression affect our bodies. So people have difficulty, like they could be overeating or undereating, not being able to sleep um, or sleeping all the time or the psychomotor, um, either agitation, being ag agitated or being really slow, and, uh, or fatigue, loss of energy. Um, the other common symptoms are what are referred to as um, worthlessness, feelings of worthlessness, or inappropriate or excessive guilt, um, yeah, often, often characterized by a sense of uh, self-blame or self-criticism. The uh, breakdown of the ability to think or concentrate and finally the, the, the suicidality component of it which tend to, in my experience, it's uh, the uh, most people who are suicidal as a, as a, uh, they just can't deal with the pain of that particular self-state anymore and just want to escape. <clears throat> <clears throat> So um, one of the, the people have different views of depression and there may well be uh, what you might call a biological or organic basis to depression. Um, but I'm going to be focusing on the psychological basis of depression. And, and, and it's possible to have both. Um, but the, the kind of understanding of depression that I find most helpful is that um, it has its origins in, um, in disappointment and loss, and those two both go together. And uh, so, um, and um, this uh, sense of disappointment or loss can often uh, then be even made worse by blame. And uh, so often the blame will, could be blaming the other, or it could be blaming the self. <clears throat> and that actually just increases the, the, um, the depression. And when, when um, um, a self-state has become occupied with depression, it kind of like wants to keep centre stage. And, um, and it wants to block out all, other, all, all our other parts that may have enjoyed certain other activities. 
So when that when that we're carrying that severe sadness um, and upsetness, um, it really um, tries to shut down all the other parts of ourselves that would normally have uh, um, enjoyed uh, and found pleasure. That's why in traditional uh, CBT practice, uh, people are often encouraged to take up some kind of, at least some kind of physical activity to try and get some enjoyment back into life. And it's a kind of state that blocks energy from the personality, really drains us, and it will not let other parts of ourselves enjoy living. So the major cause is often around some sense of loss. It could be loss of a loved one, loss of a pet, a job, our youth, or health, or even something more abstract like a dream that we had. And we can feel disappointed or let down. What was expected and hoped for does not match the reality. And when our expectations are not met, we then either blame someone else or ourselves. And we can become we can become our worst self-critic, and blame is a very negative and heavy emotion. Um, so, for example, um, um, just making this up, Mary's husband has an affair. She feels extreme disappointment over what he has done. She had expected him to be faithful. You see, her expectations can be um, very reasonable. We expect someone to keep on living or we expect someone to remain faithful. But sometimes reality doesn't match our expectations. And so Mary continued then to hold on to her resentment and pain and ended up being caught in a major depressive self-state. She was not able to let go of her resentment. And hence she was not able to allow any of her other parts to enjoy activities that she may have normally enjoyed with her husband before. So how does that relate to our Zen practice and to the precepts? Well, if we look at the, uh, the precept in the affirmative or the um, aspirational sense, Zen is all about waking up to life. And um, so it's our aspiration to, to nurture and support life, to become more fully alive, for all our senses to come alive, to enjoy our food, to enjoy the visual delights of nature, the sounds of nature, the smells, to enjoy the pleasures of touch or the activities of running or walking or swimming. Zen's all about being alive. And, um, and unfortunately, depression takes that away, doesn't want us to enjoy life anymore. Joko Beck, the founder of the uh, Ordinary Mind School, um, had a very, um, very simple um, take on this. Um, one of her core teachings was that it's very so simple; it's kind of like we miss it, but like it's such a profound thing. But was uh, that people become upset or distressed when we don't want things to be the way they are. Simple as that, when we don't want things to be the way they are, we become upset, depressed. It's such a universal 
um, form of suffering that human beings go through. So, our practice is to become uh, very um, aware to how expectations operate in our lives. And uh, when our expectations are not met, this could be something really simple um, up to something more, you know, severe. But just noticing, um, uh, you know, if something that we were expecting to happen, such as, for example, um, I've made a booking for a dinner for Friday night uh, next week for Annie's birthday, and uh, it was cancelled. So the expectation about that didn't happen. Or it could be something, you know, more significant, such as your partner has an affair. Nobody wants that. Um, but these things happen in life. And uh, so we have many opportunities. Uh, in, in uh, So disappointment um, is a really um, kind of like a, any, any sense that we have of feeling disappointment, can, we can use that uh, as a form of uh, a sign or a signal to, to wake up to what's going on right there and then. And we can usually find some sense of expectation that hasn't been met. Joker had a, like, the, uh, the more we practice our Zazen, and uh, she taught that, um, she had this lovely metaphor that as we become aware of how attached we are to expectations and how we start to let our expectations go, she said they gradually shrivel up and like a withered leaf get blown away. I love that metaphor. Like a withered leaf, our expectations are blown away. And we are able to be with this moment just as it is. We open up the hand of our emotion thought and let it go. Let go of our attachment and the wind comes and blows it all away. As a, I found a nice um, quote uh, from Alan Watts, actually, who was a, a Western um, kind of uh, popular philosopher who really uh, did a lot to introduce Zen to, to the West in the 60s. And uh, he describes meditation like this. We could say that Zen meditation doesn't have a reason or doesn't have a purpose. In this respect, it's unlike almost other things, all of the things we do, except perhaps making music and dancing. When we make music, we don't do it in order to reach a certain point, such as the end of the composition. If that were the purpose of music, then obviously the fastest players would be the best. Also, when we are dancing, we are not aiming to arrive at a particular place on the floor, as in a journey. When we dance, the journey itself is the point. As when we play music, the playing itself is the point. And exactly the same thing is true in meditation. Meditation is the discovery that the point of life is always arrived at in the immediate moment. <clears throat> so, uh, in our Zazen practice as well, uh, it's, a, it's another uh, opportunity to pay attention to how we inevitably 
almost bring expectations into our sitting practice. Um, so, you know, can anyone give an expectation of a, sorry, an example of an expectation that might sneak into our meditation practice? The mind will wander less time out. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's one good one. Um, I'm not, uh, I expect to feel peaceful and calm. Um, so again, the um, the whole practice is about just being this moment, whatever this moment is. Um, we're not trying to get somewhere uh, to achieve some special state. If we bring that attitude to meditation, then we're bringing the same attitude that uh, is what we're culturally conditioned to do, to have some kind of goal and to set out to try and achieve that goal or to have expectations and try and... And, um, and, and reality is a really good way of uh, getting uh, upsetting the apple cart all the time. So Zazen is practice for life and it's, it's practice for being able to, to be with life, whatever life is in this particular moment. Sometimes we may be feeling physical pain or we might be feeling miserable. And so what we want to do is bring ourselves back to that's the direct experience of this moment. And the direct experience of this moment is usually just feeling the breath, feeling the body sensations, feeling the um, even the, whatever feelings or emotions may be arising in this moment but feel them just physically, feel the sensations of the emotions. And uh, we do our best to let go of the, of the thoughts or the storyline. See, the storyline of depression is all about, you know, um, this um, the sense of disappointment let down, which is turned on ourselves or we blame someone else. And we get caught in this, it'll never get any better, it's just going to get worse. And... Uh, you know, all of a sudden, both the past and the future, is, we've got this storyline and which is all negative, but we're just totally missing just this moment all the time, just coming back to this moment. So in conclusion, when we're practicing our Zen, the only aspiration we have is to be awake to this moment, just as it is, to be awake to life. 